So if you're a serious basketball player, and if you've been following Deep Game Talks, then I know you are, you probably think to yourself often, what is the most amount of work that I can give to my game? What is the most amount of work that I can put in, and how can I do everything that I possibly can to achieve my goal? And what I'll tell you today is that that attitude and that approach has the potential to kill your game <laughs> if it hasn't already. And it's actually the opposite approach that you really want to take. And so I'll illustrate this uh, for you with a quick story about a good friend of mine who in his freshman and sophomore year was actually one of the best shooters in the country of Canada. He was an amazing, amazing shooter, had range out beyond uh, probably around NBA three-point line and uh, was just a really dominant shooter. So after the summer of his sophomore season, he decided that he wanted to rebuild his shot and make it perfect, okay? Uh, why he wanted to do this, I don't know, because he already had a really, really nice jump shot, but he just decided, I I'm gonna rebuild my shot from the ground up. He came back the following season, had changed all of these different things in his shot. He was shooting with far higher arc, um, had a different stance and different balance and so on and so forth. And the end result of this is that he completely wrecked his jump shot. <laughs> he wrecked it. By the halfway point of that season, he was basically a mid-range player. He wasn't even confident to shoot threes anymore because he just didn't have his stroke. And uh, by the end of his career, he was still a mid-range shooter. He never got it back. And it was one of the um, strangest things that I've seen. Like a player, uh, not in he didn't intentionally wreck it, but the intention that he had wrecked it, okay? He wrecked his jump shot and lost the most deadly part of his game by trying to do too much. So we see this with a lot of really serious basketball players. It's like, how much can I fit into my training schedule? How much can I fit into my daily schedule to make myself the best player that I can possibly be? And what I'm going to suggest to you is that um, this attitude is sort of like, you know, the average guest at a motivational uh, speech, right? If you like see the crowd at Tony Robbins, everybody's like jumping up and down and going rah, rah. And that's how, um, you know, there's a lot of motivational speeches on YouTube. There's a lot of um, motivational speakers who tell you like, you know, hustle and grind and, and put in all of this effort. And yet it's completely the wrong approach. Approach your game as a serious, like deep game practitioner. Approach your game, not as the guest at a motivational speech, but as a scientist in the lab of life, okay? A scientist in the lab of life. And the scientist, the true scientist who applies the scientific method, experiments by testing one variable at a time. And usually it's a very small variable so as to not wreck the experiment, not wreck the entire system that they've built. And as a serious player, this is the approach to take. So um, I am going to introduce you to a, a practice that I've had for quite a while now, and I've kind of become like obsessed with it actually, that I call micro habits, micro habits, okay? Micro habits are rather than these big sweeping changes and these huge habits that you want to wake up at 5 a.m. and go to the gym every single morning and train from now on, rather than trying to install these gigantic habits, what is the smallest amount of change 
that can elicit the greatest result. And this is the practice of micro habits. So a micro habit is contrary to like these big sweeping habits that most of us try to install constantly in our lives, a micro habit takes no extra time Okay, or if it does take a little bit extra time, it's it's usually less than a minute or two, um, so as to really not take any extra time at all. So it takes no extra time. It adds to your energy. Okay, so if you were to wake up at 5 a.m. and go train for three hours every single day as your new habit, that habit would be very taxing to your energy. There's a there's a payoff to that that you have to like um, go into energetic debt in order to start that habit. Micro habits, on the other hand, have uh, no energy tax and actually they're enriching to your energy. So they build momentum for everything else that you do. And number three, they're actually enjoyable. They make what you're already doing more enjoyable. So in this way, it's like takes no extra time, more enjoyable and adds energy. And when you hit that sweet spot with a micro habit, you really have gold. And if you were to add up um, or let's put it this way. So if you were to approach your life, your daily schedule, your training, and even your game as what is the smallest little micro habit that I can install that number one, again, no extra time, more energy, and more enjoyable. What can I install that will amplify my results the most with the least amount of work, the least amount of extra work? What you'll find is that the results are exponential. It's like the, the result of adding let's say three new micro habits, it's not one plus one plus one equals three, it's more like one plus one plus one equals 33 now, you know? And so uh, I will introduce you to a few micro habits by, I'll give a few examples of micro habits that I've installed for myself. And so recently I began working with a teacher, um, recently, I mean a few years ago, began working with a teacher who is Spanish, okay? And this teacher only speaks Spanish. And so not being fluent in Spanish, growing up in Canada, we studied French. Um, I couldn't speak with them and we had to use a translator and so on. And, and so I decided, okay, I need to get fluent in Spanish. And my initial thought is that I'm gonna add like, like most of us would. I just said, I'm gonna add an hour of Spanish practice every single day. Every day at lunch, I'm gonna have a, a tutor and do all this extra practice and study and so on and so forth. And I realized really quickly, like with how full my life is, very, very hard to do, okay? And it took a lot of extra energy. And since I was learning a brand new language, I was uh, kind of going into that energetic debt constantly. And so, what I said is, okay, I'm just gonna start really, really simple, micro habit, okay? Every time I brush my teeth, so let's say I brush my teeth twice a day for about four minutes each time, that's eight total minutes per day, I'm going to use an app called Duolingo, okay? That's it, Duolingo is a language learning app. And so that was eight minutes of Duolingo practice every day as I brush my teeth. I'm gonna brush my teeth anyway, it takes no extra time and it's fun. So I'm not just standing there brushing my teeth, I'm like playing and learning Spanish. So um, hits all the check marks, right? I found that after a relatively short period of time, I could understand a lot of what my teacher was saying and I could communicate back in simple Spanish. I wasn't like conversationally fluent, but we could get by and that was a big result, okay? It really, really, really helped. Um, not only that, but later on, it made all of my tutoring sessions, when I then increased the volume of Spanish practice, it made all of the tutoring sessions that much easier. I didn't have to expend as much energy because I could understand and I could think in Spanish a little bit better. And so I 
literally just placed this tiny little micro habit that amplified my results over a very long period of time. Another one that is very simple <laughs> is, uh, and, and I'm gonna share a number of micro habits that I suggest you use as well, but I'll, I'll give you one more quick example. Um, and this one's even simpler, okay? So I used to have this routine at the end of every workday. I would take an Epsom salt bath and sometimes I would go in the sauna after that and I would take a cold shower at the end. And so between the bath and the sauna, I would have like 30 to 45 minutes of empty time and I would fill this time by reading. Now, <clears throat> most people would consider reading to be pretty valuable practice and yet I found that at the end of the workday, the last thing my mind wants to do is read a book and cram more information to process in there. And so uh, a really simple micro habit that I installed is actually not reading during this time. I would, it was tiny, tiny little change. I would sit in the bath and I would do really relaxed, slow, deep breathing exercises like laying back in this Epsom salt bath. It was the perfect end to the workday. Tiny adjustment, huge, huge benefit. Okay, and I found that it really renewed me, amplified my energy, of course didn't take any extra time because I was doing that anyway, and it was really enjoyable, felt really good, okay? It checks all the boxes. So these are the kinds of tiny little optimizations that you can be hunting for each day, and I've kind of become like uh, a little bit fanatical actually in my own life about where are the tiny little pieces that I can optimize. And so I'm gonna introduce you to a few that I recommend, okay? And I've, I've written them down here. Um, so I'm gonna give you eight because you know eight laws of the deep game give you eight micro habits. And I would actually suggest that you can probably do all of these right away because they are micro habits. They don't uh, have, again, that energetic cost. You're not um, installing anything crazy into your life. You can probably just do these right away. There's not a lot of tax on them. So the first one, like I did, <coughs> excuse me, is learning while brushing your teeth. Okay, learning while brushing your teeth. We all brush our teeth every day, hopefully. <laughs> and so I suggest that you take that time to learn and you can um, either read on your phone if you have like a Kindle app or something like that. You can play Duolingo if you're learning a language. Um, you know, I, I use sometimes an app called Readwise which pulls in all of the highlights that I've taken on my Kindle and just gives me this stream of highlights which is amazing. It's like all of the best stuff that I've ever read. I'm just like pouring that into my mind every time I brush my teeth. It's awesome. So learning while brushing your teeth. You can listen to these talks as you brush your teeth. Um, it, it's a, such a simple way to like amplify that tiny little bit of time with a lot of effectiveness. Um, the second one is finding white space. Okay, this is so underrated. And uh, so most people, actually not just basketball players, but most people in today's society have almost no white space. And white space is basically space where there's no inputs coming in. There's no stimulation from uh, television, talks like this one, podcasts, music, uh, conversations with other people. There's no like stuff flying at you, none of that, okay? White space is simply silence. And white space is what I gave myself when I stopped reading in the bath, for example, right? That really, really simple habit where I just gave myself that 15, 20, 30 minutes of white space at the end of every workday. And finding white space throughout the day 
a lot of people are like constantly listening to music, podcasts, so on and so forth. And it's too much for your mind to process. It's like you're crossing your wires, okay? Or let's use the analogy of like eating food. You don't eat food all day because your digestive system needs time to process it. And the same thing goes for information. Your mental digestive system needs time to process what you're taking in. And so if you're constantly bombarding it, you get this sort of mental indigestion and your quality of mind goes way down, your focus goes way down, and it, it has all of these second and third order negative consequences if you're not finding white space. So, um, find white space throughout your life. This could be just as you're like preparing a meal instead of listening to music, podcasts, so on and so forth white space, nothing, okay? Have time where you just go for a walk and don't listen to anything, just in silence. And it's so, so valuable. And you'll find that it sounds like a little bit boring initially, right? But what you'll find is that your greatest ideas and your biggest epiphanies and your biggest realizations click together like puzzle pieces that have been scattered to the far corners of your mind and they finally come together in silence, okay? They, they synthesize and they fuse together into your next big idea in silence. This is why big ideas come to people in the shower all the time because they finally have white space, okay? So find white space throughout your life. Don't be constantly bombarding your mind with inputs. Uh, number three... We have, okay, so th this is <laughs> this is one that uh, I, I so strongly recommend for every single basketball player, and it, actually it's mandatory. So if you ever take the deep game course, deep game program, uh, one of the ha first habits that we make required in the program is that you don't use social media for the first and final hour of the day, okay? Most people <laughs> roll out of bed, grab their phone, and start scrolling through Instagram. There's this old trick in learning, right? If you're trying to learn a language or learn something, the most valuable time to learn it is in the first and final hour of the day because it's when you're, and specifically just as you're waking up and just as you're going off to sleep. Um, the reason for this is because your mind is much more open. Obviously, when you kind of drift off in, into dream state as you go to sleep, it's like there's this sort of portal that opens up between your conscious, subconscious, and unconscious mind. And anything that you put in during that time is going to sink so much deeper into your unconscious, subconscious mind that it's going to be pulling the strings of your, um, you know, your impulses, your desires, your wants and cravings and aversions and things that you like and dislike, all of these variables are being pulled on by that information. And social media is such a, like, um, somebody, I saw somebody use the word dumpster fire. It's like exactly that. It's just this cesspool now of information. It's not that there's nothing good there, but you have to sift through a whole bunch of crap. And so first and final hour of the day, do not <laughs> leak that toxic waste into your mind because it's going to get in very deep and it's going to influence you in ways that you're not even aware of because again it's unconscious and it will start pulling at you without you even knowing okay so no social media for the first and final hour of the day this will improve your quality of mind more than you could possibly believe. I promise you, social media, we'll do another video on it, but it, it really is like um, sugar for your brain, truly. Like the way that your neurochemistry reacts to social media is, um, it, it's the same as a drug, honestly. So first and final hour, at the very least, no social media, okay? That means no Instagram, no Facebook. 
preferably no YouTube unless you're like listening to talks like this would be great for that time. But if you're scrolling through YouTube, just kind of clicking on stuff as it comes up, which is typically what happens, it's going to be uh, wreckage. Okay, so don't do that. First and final hour, no social media. And again, if you take the deep game course, that is required. Okay, so know that up front. Number four, let's see what we have here. Uh, number four, really, really simple one, okay? We all know the quality uh, of your sleep is going to determine the quality of your performance the following day, the quality of your recovery, the quality of the long-term results of your training are largely controlled by sleep. Sleep is like the magical healing elixir, <laughs> you know, and performance elixir that so many of us neglect, you know, sleep when I'm dead, all of that garbage is just nonsense, okay? So the quality of your sleep is one that really responds well to these micro habits and optimizing the quality of your sleep is so powerful. Um, I, I'm not gonna go off on a tangent here, but the micro habit that I am going to suggest to you is a really simple one and it is turn your phone off while you sleep turn your phone off. <laughs> like I, I can't believe people still have their phone on when they're asleep and getting woken up by these notifications in the middle of the night. Even if your phone's on silent, your phone is still lighting up. And anytime the blue light from your phone is emitted into the room, your skin actually has light receptors in it. And so you're absorbing that blue light, which is causing uh, a spike in cortisol, which is a stress hormone. And anytime cortisol goes up, melatonin, which um, sinks your body into sleep, melatonin goes down. It's an inverse relationship, okay? This means that you, even if you don't fully wake up, you're um, coming out of a state of deep sleep every single time your phone lights up, okay? So at the very least, put your phone on airplane mode, if not on uh, completely off, okay? So that combination of turning your phone off while you sleep Plus, uh, not having social media for the first and final hour will do so much for your mind, for your body, for your performance, for your recovery, for your health, for your mental state of well-being that I really can't overstate it enough. And again, everything I'm saying is super simple to do. It's so easy, right? The, the social media for the first and final hour, that's a little bit tough for some players, but otherwise, like the rest of it is super easy and the payoff is enormous. Um, I won't get into the um, effects of EMF, right? That, that's a whole other rabbit hole, but make no mistake that those radio frequencies that are coming off of your phone, the electromagnetic frequencies that are coming off of your phone are disrupting your sleep, okay? So we won't get into that, but in any case, turn your phone off while you sleep. So valuable. Um, next, what do we have here? Number five is, okay, <laughs> this one's a little bit trickier or the, a little bit more uncomfortable, but it only takes a minute. And for the Every single shower that you take, when you take a hot shower, turn it cold, as cold as it can go, for the final 60 seconds. So you have one minute of uh, freezing cold water at the end of every shower. What this does, when you're, when you're showering in hot water, blood is rushing to your extremities, okay, and away from your internal organs. So blood is being flushed to your skin. That's why when you get in a hot shower, you're, you kind of get flushed, like your, your skin goes pink or red. Um, it's being flushed out to your extremities. When you crank it cold, all of that blood rushes back into your internal organs and that blood is carrying nutrients, it's carrying energy, and your internal organs are being revitalized. And so you'll get this rush of energy right after you get out of a freezing cold shower. And if you end every shower that you take with 60 seconds of, of freezing cold water or as cold as it'll go, 
it will have uh, so many benefits to your health, to your performance, to your longevity, for your recovery from training, inflammation in your body, uh, injuries, all of those things are, are, are impacted so much by uh, just something as simple as a cold shower. So 60 second cold shower. And again, this is something that uh, like the first and final hour in social media, this is something that we actually require in Deep Game. So you're gonna be asked to do this as a mandatory habit if you join Deep Game. So again, know that upfront. <laughs> not all of this is comfortable, but freezing cold water every single shower. Do not end a shower hot, okay? Never again. <laughs> freezing cold water for the final 60 seconds. Uh, let's see, I should probably just keep this in my hand. <laughs> um, Okay, transit time to and from the gym. This kind of counteracts the white space that we spoke about, but because you are going to and from the gym, I would contend <laughs> for a basketball player, this is the equivalent of like the first and final hour of each day, right? When you're going to the gym and when you're leaving the gym, your mind is amplified and more open um, as you're preparing for game, practice, workout, whatever the case may be. And whatever you put into your mind during that time is going to, of course, impact your performance in a much bigger way than any other time during the day. And so what you put into your mind, if you're listening to like garbage music with stupid lyrics, which <laughs> I, I don't want to <laughs> get too deep into music right now, but there, the vast majority of music that is being listened to right now is just... Um, if you look at the lyrics alone, it's just trash, okay? So if you're filling your mind with that in an emotionally charged state, it's getting in much, much deeper. I would do, I would just simply suggest that you listen to these talks on your way to and from the gym. It will do so much more for you to get you into the right centered, calm, uh, stable headspace that you need to be in for games, practices, and workouts that over time, if you were to, every time you head to the gym, and as you're maybe putting your shoes on, whatever, if you're listening to these, rather than like junk music or uh, just letting your mind wander or whatever the case may be, the cumulative effect of that over a long period of time is going to be dramatic because it's, gonna, it's going to influence every single session that you have in the gym, okay? So as you can see, over a long period of time, that's a pretty big deal. Uh, so transit time to and from the gym, listen to these talks. Number seven is half a liter to a liter of purified water. So, um, you know, however you get your water, ideally it's uh, purified water or spring water, not tap water. First thing in the morning, half a liter to a liter and add a pinch of Celtic sea salt. Okay. It's a very specific brand that has the best mineral content for rehydrating you and remineralizing your body. Half a liter to a liter of water with a pinch, just a little, little amount of Celtic sea salt. It's available on Amazon. Don't get pink Himalayan salt. Um, the, the pink in that that you're seeing is actually toxin. Okay. So you don't want to be using pink Himalayan salt, Celtic sea salt, put a pinch of that in your water. If you drink that first thing upon waking up, it will hydrate, remineralize your body and also like your blood, your internal organs, your quality of thinking will be influenced. Um, 
to a, a really, really large degree. If you're not doing this first thing and you're just going and eating, it's very hard for your uh, metabolism to process that food. Your it, All of your metabolic processes suffer throughout the rest of the day if you don't rehydrate because you've just been sleeping for probably about eight hours and you've been dehydrated during that time. So half a liter to a liter, of uh, ideally room temperature water because it's much easier to absorb. If it's a little bit cold, that's okay. Not ice water, okay? Don't put ice in there. Um, room temperature water, easy to absorb, and that pinch of Celtic sea salt as well. Um, you can also, this is optional, but it does help. If you squeeze the juice, a, a real lemon, not that like crap plastic squeeze bottle thing, but a, a real lemon, half of a lemon for half a liter or a full lemon for a full liter, that will um, sort of jumpstart your detoxification process of your liver, of your blood, of, you know, metabolic waste coming down out of the brain and cycling through to be excreted. Like all of these things are influenced simply by the way that you hydrate first thing in the morning. So strongly, strongly recommend half a liter to a liter of water, uh, pure water first thing in the morning with those things that we mentioned as well added in. And finally, we have another fairly simple one. A lot of players, we have a, a reading list in the deep game program, as many of you know, and many players will say, okay, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to read these books for 30, 45 minutes every single day. That's going to be my new habit. I'm going to sit down and just read. This is uh, a much harder way of going about doing it, okay? And just like learning well brushing your teeth, you can read while brushing your teeth, try to find spots to do your reading if you are reading, or uh, that, that includes audiobooks. Um, if you listen to podcasts, that's another time to do it, but reading is really better. Read while you eat, Okay. Super simple. If you're eating, just put a book in front of you and read. If you have a Kindle, it's much easier to like just manage the clicking over to the next page. If you have a, a real physical book, it's, it's kind of hard to do that, but it can be done. Read while you eat. And you'll find if you, let's say, eat three meals a day, that's like 30 to 45 minutes of reading every single day that you're already filling that time with, right? You're going to be eating anyway. So instead of just like playing on Instagram or on your phone or uh, filling that time with something else, just read and you will be like leaping so far ahead that uh, it doesn't require any extra effort to sit down and like make yourself read for an hour. No, you don't need to. Just read while you eat. And over time, that's going to amount to a whole lot of reading, okay? <clears throat> so these micro habits and these little tiny optimizations to your daily processes, your schedule, your training, take this philosophy. And there's many, many, many more. I could go on for ages <laughs> about all of the little optimizations that I've added to my own life and that I recommend you add to yours. But if you take that attitude of the scientist testing the variables, testing one little variable at a time, what is the smallest thing you can change to get the greatest result in your training and in your life? Over time, the results are exponential. Again, we said one plus one plus one no longer equals three, it equals 33. And that's the kind of result that you will get from these tiny little things. If uh, that friend of mine had not tried to change his entire shot all at once, but maybe he had just focused on getting his elbow just a little bit more in or getting his balance point a little bit more stable, just one little variable, 
he would have come back the next season an even better shooter than he already was. And he was really good, okay? Instead, he wrecked his whole shot. And so don't add these big sweeping changes to your training program. Don't add these like huge, enormous, gigantic habits to your life micro habits. What is the smallest amount of work in the simplest way that will take the least amount of energy to gain the biggest result and then do a whole bunch of those. <laughs> and the results are just over a long period of time, the results are dramatic. Okay. I'll leave you with one final, one final analogy. Okay. And that is of a pilot who goes up into the air. Let's say you're on a flight from New York to Japan, okay? Long flight. And I guess technically there's various routes that you could take to get from New York to Japan, but there's really only one uh, most direct route, right? When a pilot gets up in the air, he doesn't decide on the fly, okay, maybe this route is better and veers off to the side and then decides again, okay, no, this route is better and veers off to the side. If he was to do that, they would run out of fuel, they would never get there. Instead, the, the good pilot gets up into the air and yes, there's variables to account for. There are little tiny adjustments to make. There are wind currents and so on and so forth that they need to adjust for. So they do kind of snake a little bit. They do optimize the, the path as they go, but for the most part, they are going from point A to point B in the simplest, most direct straight line available, right? And if you are constantly trying to add these big sweeping changes, how much work can I do? How much can I cram into my days to get the most out of every single moment? If you do that, you're kind of like the pilot who's veering over here and then deciding, oh no, wait, this is better, veering over here and you will never get there, okay? Tiny little adjustments over a long period of time. You know, the, the attitude of the scientist in the lab of his life. <laughs> Treat your life like this laboratory where you're optimizing all the little variables. And over time, you will gain these little consistent improvements that aren't, um, the improvement won't be linear. At a certain point, it'll hit a, it'll hit a tipping point and it'll go like this, <laughs> okay? So that's what I wish for you. Take the micro habit approach to your life and you will be, um, what you've built up over a period of three months, six months, a year, 10 years will be absolutely jaw-dropping. And so I hope this helped you and we will see you in the next video.